Welcome to the Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Thank you, Paul, and welcome, everyone, to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. It's our privilege and opportunity today to have as our guest Sherry Cook, founder, president, and CEO of AI Insight. They're a platform to provide online training and research on alternative investments for broker-dealers and RIAs. She speaks to us from their headquarters in the greater Columbus, Ohio area. Sherry, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Well, good afternoon, Charlie. Thanks so much for inviting me to be with you and your audience today. Well, we're looking forward to it here, Sherry. Sherry, your background is in compliance. You started then AI Insight after a several-year career in compliance in 2005. Your subscribers are broker-dealers and their registered reps and RIAs and their investment advisors. The total focus of the firm is alternative investments. You provide online training, research, compliance documentation, all on alternative investments. And when that started in 2005, you were taking a step into the dark, I know, because alternative Mm -hmm. investments were certainly not uh, the industry that it is today. So give us a brief background of yours and AI Insight, will you? Sure, Charlie. Um, I guess I have to kind of start because most people don't graduate from college and go into, you know, private real estate syndication, and that's what I did. So I, I have to kind of pay homage uh, to my dad. I grew up in a syndication family. My dad was both in real estate and oil and gas. And I laugh because we often took family vacations to um, glamorous destinations like Oklahoma City, where, you know, we visited multifamily housing projects and, uh, you know, as a kid, it was great, though. We'd, we'd go, and we'd all get to paddle around in those paddle boats in the lakes, and that was before insurance companies, you know, don't let you do that anymore, and get fed popcorn and hang out, and, you know, Dad did his business. But it's kind of in my blood, so I guess it wasn't a surprise that I went into it out of college. That was an interesting time to cut my teeth, though, and get in the business. It was in uh, 85, right before the 86 tax law change, so I spent four years doing workouts and cram downs and you know, making some really interesting and challenging investor calls. But after spending uh, a fair amount of time, as you mentioned, in due diligence and compliance in various facets of the alternative space, um, I ended up seeing what I thought was a real breakdown between the due diligence conducted by firms and uh, the information received by frontline advisors. And There was certainly guidance at the time from FINRA in notice to members like 0371 and 0526. And, you know, they're still just as relevant today, but they specifically cited that when you're selling complex products, you need to train on the particular product you're selling. You know, if you run into a problem down the road, arbitrators or regulators, you know, they're not going to care that an advisor or an investor generally understood a product or a sector. You know, they're going to want to know that the specific product offered was understood. You know, so I saw a need for ease of access to some sort of database that could provide that consistent, comparable prospectus or PPM-based information so that offerings of complex products could be managed compliantly and really provided, you know, confidence on both sides, both at the firm level and the issuer's level. 
So, so I kind of saw the niche. No, go ahead, yeah. Yeah, so so you, you saw a niche, and again, that was 2005, so that was mm-hmm. really the very beginning of the alternative space per se. Yes, syndications had been around for a long time, but that was the beginning of that. So tell us, first of all, on alternative investments, okay? Now, that that's what our show is all about, so most of our listeners are going to recognize that. But for you individually, why do you believe so strongly in alternative investments? I believe that a person isn't really fully diversified if all their underlying investments are either in some way tied to the markets or in fixed you know, income instruments. Um, the traditional asset allocation model today is, is pretty much dead. Um, I think the um, concept of diversification has been you know, really kind of convoluted. And there are a lot of amazing opportunities to invest in in real assets. You know, you've got interesting investment structures and strategies and you know, institutionally supported opportunities through alternative investments that really do provide true diversification for what's been an unprecedented, you know, eight year bull market. You know, these are these are real assets and businesses that operate independently from the markets. They have business plans and operations and financial strategies that, you know, help diversify away from long-only positions and, you know, other market-dependent risks. And and they're really, really important to the health of a portfolio. And today's environment and market with all the technology and sophistication looks nothing like, you know, markets 20, 30, 40 years ago. And so I don't think we can think that the next 20 years are going to look anything like the last 20 years. Yeah, no question about it. Yeah, I think advisors just they need new solutions and strategies to help protect and you know grow their investment portfolios. But you know, one of the challenges here is that uh, not everybody believes like you do, here, Sherry, <laughs> or we could say like you and I do. And so we have all of these different people talking about you know uh, uh, slamming tactical strategies and real estate and and other kind and and manage futures and other kind of strategies uh, what do you see as the major misconceptions of alternative investments uh, by advisors and by investors uh, well I think there's probably a, a couple of those um, you know maybe that illiquidity is intrinsically a bad thing you know I think actually if a client's portfolio is well diversified, including illiquid investments, then the illiquidity can actually be a, a true positive and prevent clients from getting out of investments when, you know, maybe their motivation is more emotionally driven based on general perceptions or, you know, maybe even a reactionary when you've got a market downturn. You know, and that's kind of a negative impact that an advisor may not be able to protect a client from if you have a fully liquid portfolio. I think an, another misconception is that alts, you know, kind of in general, haven't performed well over the last, you know, several years. And, and I think, you know, there's there's a lot of different securities, and, and they certainly have their share of alts that haven't performed as expected. But, you know, there are a lot that have. And I think the range of performance is likely going to be wider than traditional investments. But that's not the nature of the risk-adjusted reward ratios of alts. And I think that the relative expectations of alts is kind of unhealthily inflated. If a, if a key goal is for them to be used as portfolio stabilizers, and, and that certainly is a, a, a major goal, 
then we won't have seen them, you know, stand out kind of during these crazy bull markets that we've experienced. That's, that's not one of their key purposes. However, I think the expectation is that, you know, many want a significant premium for the illiquidity. And, and you do need that, you know, to some extent for sure. But I don't believe you should expect to get both the downside market protection in a bear market and the returns that exceed in bull markets from the same vehicle. And, you know, that that's an excellent point, and uh, that can be so very, very frustrating for people who are proposing alternative investments, is when you get a bull market, let, let's face it, if you buy insurance, it's going to take money to buy that, and you're, and you're not going to have that money to do other things. And so somebody says at the end of the year, well, I bought all these different kinds of insurance, and nothing bad happened. That was a mistake. <laughs> well, you can say that for a certain period of time, but at some point, the rooster's going to come home to roost, okay, and uh, you're going to have problems because you didn't have insurance. And so right. when you're in a bull market for nine years, which basically we have been, you've got right. the issue of, hey, you didn't have insurance. It was dumb to buy that. It, they underperform. No, because at some point that will become very popular. There's another point that I've heard you talk about before, and that is that... <clears throat> Alternative investments are held to a higher standard than the market is. I mean, when people look to invest in beta alone, when the market is down one particular year or is flat, they say, well, that's the market. That's what happens. It goes up and down. But when you have that happen to an alternative investment, wow, you recommended this and it didn't work out well. I mean, is it going to work out well next year? The, the, you know, the expectation is it's going to outperform or it's going to perform well, but it's going to have a and down just like the market is absolutely yeah and i mean it's you know they they all serve strategic purposes and you know liquidity and outperforming the markets are certainly not two of them right you know so they shouldn't be judged against those standards if they're positioned correctly within a portfolio yeah sherry we need to stop and take a quick break here uh we'll be right back and when we come back, uh, let's talk about uh, the role that you see alternative investments playing in helping advisors to differentiate themselves with their clients. Again, we're talking with Sherry Cook, founder, president, and CEO of AI Insight. You're listening to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio, and we'll be right back. Welcome back again. This is Charlie Wright, and we're talking with Brian Goligoski, founder, CEO of Stillwater Capital out of Santa Barbara. Brian, for those who may not be familiar with Stillwater Capital, give us 20 seconds here. So we are a registered investment advisor focused on both the big picture, but also we focus heavily on alternative investments, specifically hedged equity strategies that try to take advantage of disconnects in the market. What do your clients get that others don't get elsewhere? In hedge strategies, specifically how we offer them in a liquid, transparent form, they get exposure to the markets, but they also have downside protection vis-a-vis the short-selling aspect of it. It's hard to come by, and we think we do a pretty good job at it. Yeah, long short uh, is a challenging place. It has not done well over the past few years. What do you see moving forward with long short? Part of the challenge with long short is everybody been running on a relatively low net exposure. We don't do that. We can run at a high net long or a reasonably aggressive short. So our idea is that we're going to try to take advantage of situations like we have right now where there probably is a decent chance of some air pockets out there. And we're trying to find individual companies that are facing some headwinds that aren't priced into the market. And you used to uh, run the long short fund for Nuveen, correct? Correct. I ran a mutual fund for Nuveen for four years from inception to the end of 2012. 
2012. I've been doing some form of this since 1996 when I first entered the business when I worked for Mark Strom at Strom Investment Management. Okay, so uh, you also write a newsletter this week in the markets. How can people get that? You can contact us by sending an email to contact at stillcap.com. That's S-T-I-L-L-C-A-P.com, and we'll sign you up. It's a Friday piece, a little top-down, bottom-up, and send you on your way with some happy diversions. Hey, Brian, thank you very much for joining us today, and best of luck to all of us with Productive Investing. Indeed. Thank you, Charlie. And now back to Charlie and his guest. Thank you, Paul. Again, we're talking with Sherry Cook, CEO of AI Inside, a platform to provide online training and research on alternative investments for broker dealers and RIAs and uh, the people who offer their products. So, Sherry, I, I'm in the middle of reading a book, uh, which I hate to admit. Okay, it's uh, by um, the Tony Robbins, uh, master of the game, I think, and. Uh, I, I can't stand the book, okay, but I'm in a part now. I, I don't want to quit, and the only reason I'm reading it really is it's been recommended by some of our guests. But he has totally swallowed the hook, line, and sinker, the whole concept of Jack Bogle and uh, David Swenson of Yale University and others that uh, mutual funds are the great Satan. They're out to rip off everybody. They're looking out for themselves, and you should never invest in you know managed accounts, which you should should invest in are cheap index funds, okay, through Vanguard and others like that. Mm-hmm. Now, in the past several years, that's who has performed well, as we were talking before the break, okay? Mm-hmm. But one of the challenges for advisors is how do they differentiate themselves from other people and how can they justify their fees? And they tell me this all the time. How can I justify my fees and how how can I create new clients when I go in and I put them in four different positions and they're all index funds and they're cheap? The client could do that themselves. So what role can alternatives play to help the advisor to help people to see the kinds of benefits that, that he can create for them and why they should be working with them? Well, I think, um, you know, alternatives are still not a huge part of the market, right? I mean, there's a McKinsey and Company report that shows the global AUM of alternative investments, you know, maybe has doubled over the last 8 to 10 years. But, you know, that's not a huge explosion in growth, um, but a nice steady increase. But, but a lot of advisors still don't recognize the value of these types of investments can offer. So as an advisor, you can really use that as a differentiator in your services, right? And and for the reasons that we talked about before, that there's a real place um, for a product that can come in and and a, and a strategy that can help, you know, deliver core benefits of the ability to mitigate, you know, market volatility, you know, to provide non-correlated, you know, investments uh, to the market. And, you know, bonds don't correlate either, but you have to worry about rising interest rates. So, you know, what do you do if you want to protect your clients against a falling stock market, stock market and you know, potential rise in interest rates, you know, alternative strategies can, you know, really do um, provide some unique opportunities there. Yeah, they, they um, do. Also- so one of the challenges, Sherry, of course, is that alternative investments require additional evaluation, education, disclosure, transparency, additional time and training uh, the client. Uh, and, and so those are all challenges and difficulties uh, for the advisor, right? It is. Um, and I think that um, it can actually be a differentiator for a client, right? You can't you can't get these kinds of investments through robo advisors. I mean, they do require very thoughtful approach, um, a very 
uh, documented process of due diligence and understanding um, and ongoing monitoring of the products. But, you know, that can be a real positive because those are conversation points. Um, and that clearly shows that you're earning, you know, that value for the unique opportunity that you're bringing um, to your clients' portfolios. So uh, compliance, Sherry, big issue in the world of alternative investments. And, uh, you know, advisors like to stay away from anything that is even remotely close to compliance issues. What's your experience with compliance issues in regards to alternative investments? Um, Well, personally, I mean, that's one of the things that drove me to create AI Insight in the first place, um, a way to facilitate due diligence and, you know, proper compliance education and, you know, really importantly, the documentation of these efforts, you know, when considering and offering, you know, products that are more complex and, you know, that the regulators have called out as needing heightened supervision or training. And the logic of much of what we envisioned with our company 10 years ago has really come full circle now in an environment where, unfortunately, you know, regulators are calling some very uncomfortable shots for people who haven't set up good systems and processes when buying complex products. But I think the good news is the people that are doing things the right way, you know, you're really positioning yourself to conduct the alt business with confidence and offer your clients some really valuable portfolio diversifying investments. You know, E&O insurance is uh, obviously an integral part of compliance issues. Uh, tell us about your E&O carrier concerns that you see and working with the dozens of different alternative investment managers that you guys work with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, errors and omission insurance coverage can run high on these types of products, you know, given the fact that they are complex and therefore can more easily, you know, be improperly positioned in portfolios. You know, if an advisor doesn't really understand the product, you know, they leave themselves, you know, open for all sorts of headaches, you know, much of which the E&O carrier just has to concede to if they don't have a clear path of documentation showing that they did all the right things, you know, when selecting these products. But we've actually seen something really cool recently, though. And, you know, since the onset of our company, we always believe that if you do the right things when selling alternatives, that you, you know, understand the offering and strategies according to their offering documents, not just, you know, the abbreviated sales presentation and that you compare these products to similar products, that you understand how they fit into a client's portfolio, and you document all your policies and procedures and your efforts, that you should get kind of the equivalent of a good driver's discount. And we've actually seen that happen. We were able to launch an E&O program within the last six months or so with Lloyd's of London through our broker, Integro. And we've already seen some of those clients and even some new clients receive better coverage and or lower rates just because they can show a consistent trail that they are doing the right things when offering alts. You know, some real life examples, like we had one client that they saved about $20,000 on their premium and they improved their coverage. Um, and at the same time, they gained access to some really you know important research and educational tools. We had another one that reduced their premiums by 7.5%. And, you know, another client's premium stayed the same, um, but their overall coverage was significantly enhanced. So I think it's really encouraging that if you are doing the right things in this space, that there's now real ways to recognize, you know, not only the client-enhancing benefits, but, you know, some um, some rewarded insurance carrier premiums, um, which is really new, I think, uh, to this concept. 
Thank you, Sherry. We appreciate you telling about telling us about that. You know, uh, on the personal side, let's talk for just a minute. You're involved in mentoring young women in the financial industry, and uh, we can tell you on our show, we've had over 250 interviews. Probably uh, 95 plus percent have been mm-hmm. with men. And we're not talking to marketing people because women are often involved on the marketing side. But uh, we're talking about the investment managers themselves, the CEOs, the founders like you, and and others who created strategies in the the investment world. And very, very few of uh, those people and traders and portfolio managers are women. So tell us about uh, this program that you're involved in, mentoring young women in the financial industry. Yeah, thank you, Charlie. Um, You know, a group of members of the Investment Program Association formed a group called um, the Women's Initiative Network. We call it WIN. And, you know, one of our key goals is to help promote and support women within the financial services. And, you know, as you said, this is going to shock you, but, you know, it is an industry that has, you know, very traditionally been male-dominated. So we launched our first local initiative with Ohio State University's Fisher School of Business this past year. And had a group of young women who had an interest in financial services get together once a month and, you know, hear stories about the journeys of women in our area who've been successful within the financial world. You know, we talked through some of their concerns and real-life challenges that they encountered or that we as mentors um, have experienced. We also wanted to expose them to the many facets of the investment world, you know, that there's so many interesting and unique ways to get involved. And, you know, learn about this business outside of the kind of stereotypical entree, you know, via a Wall Street firm or, you know, stockbroker. And um, we got to do one kind of really cool thing. We had an essay contest where one of the women was selected in the group to join our WIN conference in New York this past June. And it was just really exciting to introduce her to some incredible women within the industry and, you know, give her a firsthand opportunity to hear some really inspiring speakers and as it turns out, she uh, ended up moving to New York and reached out to one of the women that she'd met while she was at the conference to help her with her resume. And, you know, we're just really trying to create a positive ripple effect for women in this space. Well, no question about it. Anybody who has spent time with a lot of those folks or who's watched the movies <laughs> of uh, Wall Street, especially those about the, the credit meltdown in 2008, knows that uh, that whole industry, especially on Wall Street, needs some TLC on their side here and uh, <laughs> needs some improvement in several of those areas. So, Sherry, uh, one of the questions we ask all of our guests, what keeps you awake at night? Uh, well, besides my teenagers who never seem to be able to get to their homework, you know, and get in time and get in bed on time. Um, We've all been there, Sherry. We've yeah, all been yeah. There. I'm, I'm gonna be, I've got a little ways to go. I'm going to be there a little longer. But uh, I wouldn't trade it for the world. But, you know, I'd say from a business owner's perspective, um, ensuring that our team and our product maintains the consistency of integrity and value, um, you know, and it's such kind of exceptional service that, that really is the backbone of our business. And, um, you know, making sure that our team is challenged and fulfilled in their roles within our company. But from an industry perspective, you know, that there will be, you know, continue to be some rogue advisors or firms who choose to make decisions for the wrong reasons. And as a result, that truly unique opportunities like alts um, that can bring real value to the right clients will become even more difficult to make available and, and that the choices will become less 
about a client's needs and and more about you know what's a good general financial fit right um, and and from an ind- yeah. industry perspective yeah yeah oh you, from an industry perspective you know i think that's my industry perspective that we we won't have access to these types of products you know that um that these are products with tremendous value for advisors to differentiate themselves you know and really bring great opportunities you know, through the thoughtful and, and diligent uh, understanding of alternative products. And I think they're really important. Uh, no question about it. And uh, you, you would have no argument from us here. So second question we'd like to ask all of our guests, what book on investing would you recommend for our listeners? Uh, actually, I'm, I'm reading a really interesting book by Brian Portnoy in, um, entitled The Investor's Paradox, The Power of Simplicity in a World of Overwhelming Choice. Not a short title, but... You know, it kind of talks about the paradox that exists, you know, when we all want more choices. You know, we're all looking for all different options, and I mean that figuratively, not literally, but, you know, with which to, to thrive in volatile markets. And it talks about kind of the iron, uh, ironic situation where the more flexibility we have, kind of the more overwhelmed we become. And um, he goes into a lot about behavioral finance and how that plays into, you know, not only fund manager performance, but our perception of what are successful investments i mean he definitely believes there's a place for alternative investments and um talks about how they're not actually different in some fundamental ways from traditional investments and he's got this great analogy about foxes and hedgehogs how traditional managers kind of really have to operate in the corner of the market where they've committed themselves you know benchmarking against a market index or a style and you know, kind of like hedgehogs, they, they're really good at, you know, staying safe by doing one thing. You know, they curl up in their ball and their shell. But the foxes are able to adopt their beliefs and their approaches to changing circumstances. And and that way, um, you really can have the opportunity to, to serve some greater purposes um, for clients in terms of diversification. And um, this is really interesting, you know. It, it's It's a discussion about kind of the relativity of investment choices today. <laughs> so, Sherry, uh, no one has recommended that book of the 250 or so times we have asked that question. So thank you very it much was, for that recommendation. Yeah. So, Sherry, give us the website of AI Insight and uh, contact information for those who would like to know more. Uh, you can visit us at our website, www.ai insight.com i always say there's two eyes in a row it's correct even though it looks funny but if you are interested in a conversation or a tour of the platform we'd encourage you to contact pat mcgowan at 646-783-0083 or at p mcgowan that's p m c g o w a n at a i insight.com and Patrick is a good guy. I can vouch for him. So you did a good job when you hired him. And a uh, very pleasant guy Anytime I have uh, ever talked with him. So give our listeners your final words here, will you, Sherry? Sure. Thanks, Charlie. Um, you know, I, I just encourage you to explore the many possibilities that are out there that can really help diversify your clients away from, you know, what's an inevitable significant market correction. You know, you want to strive to understand and compare the options. You know, and it's sad, but if you believe that as a financial advisor, your services are worth more than 50 basis points, you know, you're going to have to offer something other than investments, which are largely being commoditized by the emergence of robo-advisors. So, 
you know, you want to be confident in your ability to expand into truly diverse product lines that can really bring unique investment opportunities that match each individual client. You know, that's doing the right thing for your client. You know, and it's, it's I have to add, it's our company mantra. No matter what you do, be sure you document each and every effort along the way, you know, just in case. <laughs> Sherry, thank you very much. Great words of advice for all of us, and thank you very much for joining us today. We appreciate your insights and the good work you guys are doing at AI Insight. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity to talk with you today, Charlie. I've really enjoyed it and hope we have a chance to do it again. Thank you, Sherry. Again, we've been talking with Sherry Cook, founder, president, CEO of AI Insight out of uh, the greater Columbus, Ohio area. You've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio. And uh, we'd love to have you contact us at info at strategicinvestorradio.com. Go to our website to hear podcasts of all of our interviews and shows, strategicinvestorradio.com. This is Charlie Wright wishing you an enjoyable week and productive investing. Strategic Investor Radio is a production of OC Talk Radio and is provided for educational purposes only. Content of this program and the views of the guests should not be considered as recommendations by OC Talk Radio or investment advice from the host, Charlie Wright, or any other entity attached to this production. Investors should always consult qualified financial, investment, tax, or legal professionals prior to investing. 